What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of Booch Please Podcast. It's your girl, Corinne. I feel like that's really starting to roll off the tongue now, which um, is super exciting. And this whole podcast recording process is also starting to feel more natural. Thank goodness. Thank you for all of your feedback. Thank you for the positive and the constructive ones. Honestly, both have been such important information for me to kind of work off of. And um, I can't believe we're at episode number 13. Guys, 13 episodes already. Um, I know that I released the first batch of episodes back in mid-July, right before my birthday. And now it's going to be the end of August and starting September. Huh? Pardon? Excuse me? I made an Instagram story the other day that was like, I think I sneezed on New Year's Eve and then now it's August. I don't understand. It was literally like, ha-choo, and then bam, it was August. Like I missed the first eight months of the year. But in reality, when I sit down to look at what happened, this year was packed with adventures. I was in South America for two months. I came back to COVID and then um, I launched a freaking podcast. I launched my YouTube channel. I started working with a bunch of new people. Like, you know what? Life has actually been really good. So if we're able to pull ourselves out of this pandemic narrative and just look at what has transpired and how far we've come as a society, as people um, individually. And actually for today's episode, it's kind of been uh, a topic that has come up quite a bit in my personal life uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks. And that is talking about my career or careers in general. As a woman, I think the topic career can sometimes have negative connotations associated with it just because it typically conjures up an image of a woman being bossy, a woman being a bitch, or a woman being neglectful with her family, or like she's a spinster, that's why she's successful in her career. You know, there's, there is like this sort of uh, story that is depicted in society and today I just wanted to really dive into that phenomenon and and understand where it comes from how I feel about it and also just talk about my career path how I became a nutritionist why I decided to stick with it I've had some career changes um, and I think it's something that ultimately led me to where I needed to be like I could not imagine my life doing anything else So I feel very, very lucky. The first thing I want to address is this idea that our work ethic and our productivity and our line of work is so deeply ingrained into our sense of selves that a lot of us identify heavily with the career paths that we've chosen, right? So sometimes it can be hard for people to um, let go of careers or move on from careers or change careers because there is such a strong attachment to it. I know I personally continue to work, have to work on that. Um, I definitely seek out a lot of validation uh, in my, from my line of work. And I, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to the fact that we define ourselves based on how pro- productive we are, what our work ethic looks like, how influential or impactful we are, how much money we make throughout careers, um, how many people we've worked with or helped, you know? Um, so there is this really strong uh, correlation between what we do and who we are. It has become an ongoing lesson for me um, to discover that what I do has nothing to do with my sense of self-worth and who I am as a person. And this can 
extend beyond just work as well. Like what we do or what we have done in the past in relationships and friendships to our families. I mean, I've done some stupid shit, some really shameful shit, and I could let it define me. I could say I do this kind of thing, therefore I'm this kind of person. But what's the sense in that? Like that just sends me down an abyss of sadness and self-loathing that isn't productive or helpful to anyone else. So, you know, um, that's just something to think about. And another thing I find is super interesting is we're in, we're living in a society now where um, I think it's becoming increasingly okay for women to focus on their careers because traditionally that's not part of our heteronormative roles. Our roles were to be domestic and to take care of families, to be nurturing, to be homemakers. I have the utmost respect for women, men, people of all sexualities who um, are homemakers or you know spend their days taking care of their families I think that's an incredible job that needs to be done um, however I also think that it's really important for women to realize that is not their only option and that they have a choice in the matter or they should have a choice in the matter because the definition of feminism to me is having choice instead of judging someone or assigning roles based on gender people should have a chance to choose. I don't think all people are created the same, but we need to be treated equally with equal opportunity, equal pay, equal respect, equal potential and possibility and and all that good stuff. And again, I don't think equivalency means that we are identical. A lot of the times when women interview for jobs, if they make it known that they have children or they have dependents at home, then sometimes, depending on the company or the person hiring, there could be this bias that, oh, she won't be as focused at work or she won't be as good at her job because she is a parent or she is taking care of someone. And that to me is such bullshit. It's so frustrating that women in modern societies still have to deal with this. I don't think that is fair. I think that men should also then be questioned with the same thing. Like, well, you're a father, so does that mean that you're gonna be less competent at your job because you have children? Like, they, we don't ask men that, so why ask women that, you know? And for women out there who feel like they can't balance everything in their lives. I know that balance is such a buzzword these days. I've said it on this podcast before, but truly look to harmonize rather than balance in your lives. Harmony means when you are working on one area of your life, it is helping you to advance in other areas of your life too. And I always use this as an example. When you're a mother, you know, your ability to be patient and nurturing and a leader and educator in in your mother-child dynamic is going to translate into your ability to be a good leader, boss, employer, whatever it is at work as well. Just because you're trying to focus on one part of your life, it doesn't mean that it has to take away from your career. And to bring it back into my work or my line of work, my story, I have worked in offices, I've worked in retail, I've coached CrossFit, and I've personal trained before, and I always reached a point where I knew that none of these careers were for me. And I think the one thing that was always indicative was the this very simple fact that the thought of constantly learning 
something new about every one of these jobs or within every one of these fields just stopped exciting me. It didn't make me feel like I was fulfilling my purpose anymore. In some cases, it started off that way. It started off very fulfilling, but it reached a point where that expired. So uh, yeah, that's a pretty good barometer for me is do I still feel excited about learning something new on this job? If the answer is no, then I need to pivot or I need to get grounded and understand what is going on underneath. I would think, what is wrong with me? Why is it that I can't stick to something? I can't succeed at something? Um, and that was very discouraging. It was like, oh, I'm a quitter or I'm lost. And trust me, I am well aware of the fact that doing what you love is a fucking privilege. Not everyone can can afford the opportunity to go find themselves uh, or to like explore different career paths. Sometimes people need to make fucking money to feed their families, to keep the roof over their heads, to survive. I understand that. And all I can say is that's why, like whenever I think about that, that's why I don't take what I do lightly. I don't take it for granted. I truly try not to. I truly make an effort to feel gratitude towards the work that I do, even when it gets hard and shitty and, you know, there's so much pressure and I feel like I've said yes to way too many things. I always like remind myself like you fucking chose this and that feels really good. Notice I didn't say pursue a career that you're good at. I think that's oftentimes what happens to people they get stuck in these really soul-sucking jobs that they're amazing at that they make a lot of money at that feels comfortable for them but they're so bored and they're so numb that an eight-hour day just drains the fucking life out of them and that to me makes me really really sad i i think every single person is so full of potential and if we all just used our gifts and you know, believed in our own stories, our own abilities, fuck, the world would be a different place. You know, imagine if everyone wasn't insecure and afraid. Fuck. We would be like such a bomb ass species of people. Going back to how I got into nutrition, when I first started becoming more interested in nutrition, I had one thought and that was I need to be skinny. So the motivation was not pure. It was not noble. It was not helpful to other people it was purely selfish and out of insecurity but you know what that shit worked out because i'm really glad that it led me to um discover the depths that nutrition has to offer and as i consumed more and more information about nutrition and how our bodies work and also just the complexity of food in our lives like it is this essential daily survival activity. We have to eat, we have to drink water, but it's layered with so many other implications, right? There's like psycho-emotional, there's uh, social, uh, there is morality attached to it. There's like, it has effects on the economy. It has impact on the environment. There's just so many things that are associated with our day-to-day food choices that we often forget and I just find it so fascinating. And so going back to what I was saying, like I feel like I'm constantly learning um, about food and nutrition and the way that we interact with it and what it does for us. And that's why I feel like I'm doing the right work is because I feel like I'm so fascinated by all of it. 
If you haven't yet, I highly recommend you listen to episode eight of my podcast. It is all about my story and my journey um, in overcoming depression, mental health issues, disordered eating. My relationship with food and my body was so broken uh, and yeah, it's come a long way and I think that story would really illuminate what I went through. But basically I chose to become a nutritionist, I think just because I wanted to be the nutritionist that I needed at those times. I wanted to be the person that I needed to hear from, to learn from, to depend on um, at that point in my life. And going through the depths of that has really taught me to relate to other people and their journeys. I feel like with every single client that I take on now, there's like certain parts of their stories that I strongly identify with that I can see my past self in. And that has really fueled my work to communicate nutrition facts and information and ask prompting questions in a way that is that resonates and that is healing and that sticks. I definitely wish at the time that I had someone who had the knowledge and self-awareness to reflect back on my lack of knowledge and lack of self-awareness. I think a lot of the dietitians that I worked with and the therapists that I worked with, they were great, but I just never felt understood. I never felt like they truly heard me and understood what I was going through. Um, And so even though I haven't gone through the same things as every single person that I've worked with, I always try my best to be the kind of person to ask questions and and just paint a really complete picture and try to resonate with them on some level so that they don't feel that way. I think when we don't feel alone, when there's external accountability, when there's an external source of support that is there for us, we're just more likely to succeed in our healing process. And that is a very big proponent to me being careful in curating my social media so that I'm not showing my body. And I have nothing against people who rock bikinis, who are confident in their bodies and want to show it off. Like, fuck, more power to ya. It's just, that's not my legacy and that's okay it takes all kinds of people to make the world go round if that works for you you're gonna resonate with a certain crowd of people and help them achieve body positivity that way for me i just don't want to show my body i know that when i was going through really severe body dysmorphia and um just insecurities around my body seeing other people's bodies rarely helped me it was it actually usually had the opposite effect is it automatically conjured up so much comparison that sometimes would motivate me out of jealousy like I would see someone else's body and say oh like they did it like I need to look like that too or I need to look better than that but ultimately it didn't motivate me in the way that produced lasting results and it didn't motivate me in the way that was positive and healthy Um, So that was on me, like that was work that I needed to do. How people perceive you or interpret the information that you put out there is completely on them. And I have to own up to the fact that when I get triggered by body photos, that's all on me. And I know that there are other people out there that also struggle with that, that don't need to see other people's bodies, that don't need to see more images of that because we're already so inundated with it. So I've just chosen to make a conscious effort to not make my social media about what I look like 
or what my body looks like and just make it more about things that I find really substantial, right? And that is personal to everyone. I'm not trying to speak to the entire world. I'm not trying to help the entire world. I'm trying to help people that resonate with me. And that's all I can focus on. If I try to extend myself beyond that, if I try to please everyone, I will go fucking crazy. I'd rather not be crazy, you know? And that leads me to something else I want to talk about. And that's this idea of imposter syndrome. That's something that I struggled so fucking hard with. When I first graduated from dietetic school, I thought, you know, I paid this expensive tuition. I got this four-year degree. I have all this information but fuck, I have never helped anyone. I don't know how to help anyone. And at the time I was still going through a lot of body image issues. I was definitely struggling with my relationship with food. And so there was this like whole sense of, I can't help myself, how can I help anyone else? And I also struggled with things like, how do I stand out in such a saturated crowd, saturated market? And that is something that I still get asked on a regular basis by other nutritionists, especially people who have just graduated from school. They're like, how the fuck am I gonna stand out? There are so many people out there. And the same could apply to any profession, to accounting, to lawyers, to uh, yoga teachers, personal trainers, to um, people that wanna create a food product, to the fucking cannabis industry right now. Like there are so many cannabis products and cannabis brands out there. And when it comes down to it, I don't have any advice for you other than the fact that you have to know that there is always room at the top for the best. And that is not a quote by me, that is from Mr. Tom Bilyeu, who is the founder of Quest Nutrition and other wildly successful businesses. When he said that, at a talk that I attended in San Diego, I just felt so validated. There is always room at the top for the best. It is not your fucking job to stand out in a crowd. It's not your job to convince people that you're qualified to convince people that they need to trust you, that they need to buy your product or employ you or whatever it is. It is your job to be the best damn professional that you could be, whatever your profession is. And that feels very empowering because that's something that's within my control. If I can dedicate myself to learning, to being a better communicator, to being a better business owner, then I know that the right people will find me. And I think about how every year the NBA drafts new players, right? Even though people like Michael Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, they already exist. These legendary players already exist. And yet they're still hiring new people. They're still drafting new people every single year. Just like in every other profession, there's always going to be new bars. There's always going to be new gyms. But if you're the best, you're going to stick around. doesn't matter. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Just focus on how to make yourself better. Maybe you can learn from other brands. That's fine. You can research and see what other people are doing that works and learn from that. But don't worry about how to make yourself stand out because then you're asking the wrong question. The right question should be, how do I become better in my job? Honestly, it's been five years and I'm still freaking learning. Every single day, I try to read, try to watch something. I take courses on a regular basis. I have a budget every month for investing in education. And it wasn't always like that. At the height of my imposter syndrome, I didn't fucking know to do that. 
but it's something that I've learned has really changed my entire life and my entire outlook on my career. Oh, by the way, I want to clarify that best is measured in so many different ways. I don't think the best refers to the richest, the most famous, the one that has the most followers. These are all arbitrary benchmarks. You know, I think you get to decide what being the best means to you. And for me personally, I think the best nutritionist is someone who is the most impactful, who is the most able at helping her clients. And that goes back to all of those fields that I talked about, right? Like considering their socioeconomical status, considering their relationship with food and how they were brought up, considering what their love languages are, um, considering what motivates them. Like there are so many facets to that. So I feel like I'm never ever done learning. (laughs) I really don't have a call to action or any specific tips for this episode. I just wanted to share my story, my perspective, and hopefully that can help you start the conversation on whether or not you're doing something that sets your soul on fire. Because I've done jobs that suck the soul right out of my body, like through a straw, (laughs) like a Slurpee, basically. And those are awful. Like I never want to look back on my 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s even, and say, fuck, what was I doing at that job that I hated? Why did I do something every single day that made me miserable, that I didn't believe in? I just think about 85-year-old me, and I want to do right by her. I know that can be interpreted as just being a lot of pressure. It shouldn't be. Actually, that's something really funny that I like to engage in, is imagine what 85-year-old me would think. Sometimes I get lazy and I'm like, I don't want to wear sunscreen. I don't want to reapply. But then I'm like, no, 85-year-old me would be fucking pissed if I had so many wrinkles and sunspots on my body. So then that just motivates me to slap some goddamn sunscreen on. (laughs) And that kind of concludes my episode for today. I hope you guys found this helpful. I love having these quiet little heart-to-hearts with you guys. And next week I have another special guest in the house studio. So I think I'm going to be oscillating back and forth between having guests on and doing solo podcasts like this. Uh, If you ever have any topic requests or again, have any feedback to help me grow, you know, I'm all ears for that shit. Just go ahead and check out the description where all of my contacts are listed. And I hope you guys have a fantastic day and take care of yourselves. Enjoy the beauty of now. (laughs) Enjoy the journey.